Mother's Day kind of like Christmas. It's really hard to know what what to say because it's hard to say anything that everybody hadn't already heard. And so, for for a lot of preachers, Christmas and Mother's Day are really strange as it might sound. Really difficult times. And you know, I've I've got I don't know how many different poems and even got a few jokes and. I seldom tell those, but uh, I already told the one, I think, last week probably uh, about the Groundhog Day card, but so I'm not going to repeat that. But, uh, you know, I've forgotten a lot of things over the years, and, and, uh, <laughs> and lately it seems to be getting a little worse. I don't know. I, somebody said I ought to blame COVID for it or something like that, eh? but... I don't know what the cause is. I can remember lots of stuff back, you know, in the first grade, second grade. I can remember all of that, but it's what happened last week. It sometimes eludes me. But uh, one thing's for sure: I'm not going to forget Mother's Day, uh, and I've never forgotten my mother. I've never forgotten my mother. It's, you know, and she wasn't she wasn't perfect, but she was special. Uh, that's for sure. And as I think back over the years, Mother's always in the picture. I I mean, as far back as I can remember, she was in the picture. I I can remember seeing her carry the buckets of water uh, in in, and heat the water up and put it in that old oblong galvanized tub. That's what we all had to take baths in. We didn't have any water in the house. Wasn't any indoor plumbing whatsoever, and I, I remember her doing that. And of course, I didn't think about anything of it because, you know, a lot, most of all the people in the neighborhood, they didn't have water in the house either. And so that was just the way that it was. And I can even remember her, you know, when I was, I want to emphasize real little, you know, so I seemed to be brave, but her walking me out to the outhouse when it was dark. Now that, that was when I was real little, I understand, because by the, time, by the time I was 10, I was a tough dude, you know. I, I'd go out there by myself then, but, but I, I, I just remember those things about her. I remember Mom, whenever she'd go to pick up the dishes after we got through eating, every dish she picked up, whatever was left on it, she ate. We didn't have any leftovers. And if it was something she couldn't eat, it went out to the dog. And that's the way it was. Didn't waste anything ever. And uh, mom got me involved in the Cub Scouts and uh, Little League Baseball. She even got me involved in art class. I didn't care a whole lot about that, but she thought I'd be good at it. And so I had art classes down at the library uh, on Saturdays at a certain time of the year. And she got me enrolled in that. And and she was just always there. She's the one that helped lay me up on the ironing board whenever I'd cut my leg open. And old Doc Wakeman, the man that delivered me, came out to the house and sewed my leg up. But it was Mom that was there during that time of need. She was always there when I got home. I feel sorry for, and I know a lot of times it's out of necessity, but I feel sorry for the for the children in this generation that they don't know what it's like to come home and for mom to be there. A lot of them, I understand, a lot of them have to work. They can't help that. Uh, but we live in a different age, and back then, I, I knew when I got home, mom was going to be there. Wasn't any doubt about it. 
uh, I, I knew whatever the need was or the problem was that I could depend upon my mother. But on March the 12th of 1960, God gave me someone else that was even more special than my mother. And that was my wife. And I couldn't ask for a better wife. And my children couldn't ask for a better mother than that lady sitting right over there. My mother died several years ago. I, I got the news when we was over in the other building and uh, she passed away not long ago, as all of you know. Bev was in the hospital, I think a total of, I think 17 days, but for three days, three days, they didn't know, I didn't know, no one knew whether she was going to live or die. I mean, it was that close. I never cried so much. I never prayed so much in all of my life, begging God to, uh, to not take her home yet. And I'm so thankful that she is here today. And uh, that just makes my day, uh, knowing that she's able to be here, even though she still can't walk. So I'm certain that every one of you could, well, you could go on and on about your mother. And as I say that, one of the things we all need to remember is there are a lot of children out here in this world nowadays they don't know what it is to have a mother like you mothers. They don't have a clue. They've never had the experience of having a mother that truly loves them and cares for them. And we need to be mindful of people like that. My text today is found over in Proverbs chapter 31. If you'll turn there, please. Proverbs chapter number 31. I want to speak to you today about mothers worthy of praise. Mothers worthy of praise. Proverbs chapter 31. Let me say this before we read our text for the day. The family institution is in trouble. It is under attack as never before. The home needs help. Really, children are in an almost impossible situation. And after hearing our president make the statement publicly on TV across this nation saying they are our children, that ought to scare the daylights out of parents today. That is the attitude they have. That we are the elite and you bunch of dummies don't know enough to know how to raise your kids. We'll tell you where you'll send them to school. We'll tell you what we want to teach them, our kids are in trouble. They spend, you know, all day long in school and uh, at the very best, a few hours on Sunday morning and maybe Wednesday night, and, and a lot of them don't get any other religious instruction other than that. Did I say the home needs help? And you have no idea how badly I want to speak on that subject this morning the condition of our country today is beyond belief. As I often say, us older folks are living in a state of shock. We never expected it to be like this in our generation. But the question is, how do you help people who are, are, who are so confused about the elementary uh, matters? I mean, the most basic, well-known facts. And they're totally confused about it. 
and not interested in finding out what the Bible says about it. And what we see can only be described, in my way of thinking, as insanity. We live in a world that has gone insane. I don't have all of the answers, but I do know that there are things that, that we need, and at the top of the list, we need godly mothers. We need godly mothers. This being Mother's Day, there's so much I would like to say, so many things I could say, but I have one purpose this morning, and I prayed about the message, asked God, what, what do I say? Another Mother's Day. Been doing this 56 years now. And what, do I, what do I say this time? And I believe I know what God wants me to say. My purpose today is to say something that will help mothers and their families. Of course, I've done that before, but I, 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 we're going to look at one aspect that seldom gets considered. And first of all, I want to say that we're not able to change the world we're not even able to change our nation, uh, but we can change ourselves. Your little corner of the world can become much different than what it has been unless you're serving God. And make no mistake about it, for better, for worse, you are going to affect your family. There will come a day when you'll stop breathing. They'll take you out to the cemetery, dig a hole in the ground, put you in that hole, throw six foot of dirt in your face, your body's going to be dead, but your life, your influence is going to live right on. For good or for bad. It's not like it's all over and uh, everything's okay now. It's for good or bad going to influence your children and everybody that you know. And the best way I know to honor mothers is to, is to do something that will help them and help their families. I don't know of any better way to help people than what we find right here in God's Word. Not any better way. As I've said so many times, mothers have a tough job. And most of them feel unappreciated. Thank God for Mother's Day. On several occasions, I've, I've sent out the story of the beginning of Mother's Day. If you never read it, you ought to do so. It's a remarkable story. Thank God Miss Jarvis uh, took the initiative to start something for mothers because most mothers feel unappreciated. They need encouragement. There's not a mother here today that does not need encouragement. And over the years, you know, you preach on everything that you can imagine. But the thing that generally gets overlooked is here in chapter 31 of Proverbs. And this is in the section related to the virtuous woman. And it's divided into three parts, actually. Verse number 10, for example, speaks about her worth, her value, her, her price. But verse 11 down through verse 27 speaks about her work. It is a picture of what the virtuous woman is like. But when we get to verse number 28, down through the remainder of the chapter there, it speaks about her worthiness or her praise. And I want to focus on this last section today, which speaks about her praise. 
You know, the Bible tells us to give honor unto whom honor is due. And there's nobody more deserving of honor than godly mothers. Nobody. No one has made a greater contribution to the world than godly mothers. And by the way, they've done that while facing great difficulties. If you don't think so, let's just begin reading, and I'm going to pick up in verse 12. Let me get a drink of water. This is the virtuous, the virtuous woman that he's speaking about. And he says, she will do him, that is the husband, do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships that bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planteth the vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good and her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. And her husband is known in the gates. That's kind of like saying down at the courthouse, everybody knows who he is because of her. His reputation is due to his wife. When he sitteth among the elders of the land, she maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are in her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? She shall rejoice in time to come. It's as though that he's saying that when the heat is on and the going is tough, nobody seems to care. It's kind of hard to rejoice under those circumstances. But in time to come, she will rejoice. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the way of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. What an important, what amazing statement that is. The virtuous woman, and it's easy to see from all of the things that are listed here, how, how, how does she keep up with all? How does she do all of that? She's planting vineyards and she's in there at the sewing machine and doing this and that and the other and always stretching out her hand to, to be kind to others. 
Boy, and I think back over all of these years, they are basically raising the eight children because of the fact I'm a pastor. It's tough on pastors' wives. Plus, I was gone like 15, 16 weeks out of the year. I was gone preaching revival meetings and hardly ever home. Whenever I was home, I was either making the radio broadcast, teaching over the college, or this or that or the other. And she wasn't just sitting home taking care of the eight kids over the years. She was running all of the ladies' things, teaching the ladies, organizing our our annual Bible conference, vacation Bible school. She did all of that. And it's just mind-boggling to me the things that God used her to accomplish over those years. Now listen, God uses us all in different ways. And if, if, by the way, if you resent me singling out my wife today and just talking about her for a little while, you don't have a clue what she's done and been through and the contribution that she's made to the Lord's work. But let me say, God doesn't use all of us the same way. You're not married to a preacher. You're probably praising the Lord about now. Thank God I'm not. Huh? But that doesn't mean you're not as important. It doesn't mean that God doesn't use you. We're all different and God uses us all in different ways. And whatever it is that you do. You shall be praised when it's done for the glory of God and the good of others. And the Bible tells us that we are to give honor unto whom honor is due. And there's nobody more deserving of that than, than your mother. Because they do what they do facing all of these difficulties. Oh, the list isn't exactly the same as what we read here from, from the Bible. But, but they have their list. You mothers remember, don't you? I mean, Dad might have forgotten. The kids might have forgotten. But you remember getting up in the middle of the night all of those times. You remember trying to get supper ready when you were so tired you couldn't hardly stand up. You remember going in there and, uh, uh, like, Bev, one time you used to wash the clothes, putting them in the bathtub and getting in there and washing them like that. That's all we had at that time. We were married then. So you remember all of those difficulties. And the, the fact of the matter is, whenever the rest of us understand what they've done, we owe it to them to give praise for the things that they've done. Think about it this way. What if someone owed you $10,000? And you make it 100000 if you want, whatever it is, but, you know, they owe all of this money to you. And you need it, by the way. I mean, you're broke. You loaned them $10,000. Now you're broke. They owe you the money, and they refuse to pay. Well, I suspect you wouldn't think very highly of them, would you? Because they took your money, and they're not even making an effort to pay it back. Let me tell you, you are even worse than they are if you refuse to honor your mother. You, listen... You are indebted to your mother far more than any $10,000 or any amount of money could ever provide. I, I don't know how people, some people live with themselves when they refuse 
They don't just fail, they refuse because in their mind, evidently, they're more important things than mom. And they just refuse to honor their mother, the one that brought them into this world. How do you live with yourself? You say, well, preacher, who are you talking to? Well, I don't know. I Probably somebody out there that doesn't honor their mother like they should. Oh, they come in with a card on Mother's Day, and here it is, a box of chocolates and a card. And the rest of the year, they don't have a clue what's going on in your life. They're too busy. And they certainly don't do something just to show mom that I love you, I appreciate you. No wonder mothers sometimes kind of get bent out of shape. You say, well, I'll tell you, preacher, I know you're right. I haven't been the kind of child that I ought to be. And as soon as you shut up and this service ends, I'm going to run right to them and I'll tell them I'm sorry. No, no, don't you do that. Before you do that, you ought to get on your knees and confess your sin to God and then go tell them. Because what you've done is a sin. Not to give honor to your own mother is a sin. Now, let me speak just specifically to you mothers that are here today and because your children are getting tired of hearing me, I'm sure. Maybe... You know, you've reached the point in life that it seems like you're never, ever, ever going to get the, the praise, the credit. Let me be more specific. The credit that you deserve for the things that you've done. And you just suppose you're going to die without anybody really caring and as though you've made no contribution to the, to the world that you live in. But my Bible tells me that you will get praise. You should get praise. From your husband, you should get praise from your children. But even if you don't get it from them, you're going to get it. If you are a God-fearing, virtuous woman, God's going to make sure of that. And when you stand before him, you will hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm telling you what, folks, that's what I live for as, as a Christian. To one day, to so live that one day I'll be able to stand before the Lord and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then he'll crown you, crown you with goodness. Isn't it wonderful to know your labor is never in vain whenever it is in the Lord? There's no way that uh, regardless of how hard we try, there's no way that we can really ever pay our mothers back. We don't have enough money. We just can't pay them back. But God can. He not only can, he will. I mean, that's a done deal. Now, now listen, this saying that doesn't eliminate all of the unfairness in life. So many things happen that we don't understand. We're always asking those why questions. Lord, why did you allow that to happen? I, I think about that a lot in Bev's situation. And not just hers, but 
many of you, every night as I'm praying, different things I pray for, and one of the sections, if you want to call it that, is the members of this church, and I pray for the ministries in the church and the missionaries, but, but the women and the members, and, and a, a lot of you, even just this last year, have gone through some really difficult times. Some of you, think about Billy and others, some have, have lost your spouse. Things like that's beyond difficult to deal with. And so sometimes things happen and it just seems like it's so unfair that we never get what we deserve. Oh, listen, you don't want what you deserve. Neither do I. In that sense, in the strictest sense, we don't want that because we don't deserve anything. But by the grace of God, God has assured us that His grace not only will give us the strength to get through these difficult, unfair times, but there is a reward at the end of the road. There's a payday someday. And God is going to honor you. God is going to reward you in that day. Look at verse 30 again. Favor. Is deceitful and beauty is vain. Now, what's, what does that mean? Well, favor, that means that, you know, that some woman that really wants to please you in every way, a favor, get your favor and please you. And he speaks about beauty. And then he turns right around and says, those things are in vain. They're basically worthless. Fellas, you young men, listen. You're thinking about getting married, you, and you say, well, boy, yeah, it's time. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I'm 17 now. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. You better hold on. You say, yep, I want to get married, but, boy, I, I'm looking for the best-looking baby doll I can find. That's one I want. Yeah, you may get a witch in disguise, too. You say, well... I want one that really, uh, you know, that, that I'm in her favor, you know, that she's just, oh, she's just all over me and kissing me and doing things for me. And that, that, listen, all of that is worthless if she, if she is not a God-fearing woman. Amen. I want you to notice verse 30, and this is the key to everything I'm trying to say. I want you to know you're going to get your praise and your reward at the appointed time, but that is conditioned upon this in verse 30, where he says, favor is deceitful, beauty is in vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. That is emphatic. That means it's really going to happen. And, and that statement, a woman that feareth the Lord, listen, that's what it takes to make a woman virtuous. To make her worthy of praise. And assured of a reward. Makes her more valuable than rubies. It's what the Bible says. She's of more value than rubies. You see the fear of the Lord is. Is, uh, is an affectionate. Have you ever read the Song of Solomon? How many of you read the Song of Solomon? Wow. That is a picture of, of the husband and the wife, and it's a picture 
of, of Christians in Christ. And it's so amazing when you study it and see the depths and the details to which God goes. Probably want to get ready for some things you never thought was in the Bible. The fear of the Lord. You say, well, what does it mean to fear the Lord? I fear God. I'm scared to death every time I get on the highway. Listen, the fear of the Lord is an affectionate reverence for God. An affectionate reverence for God. It's seeing God as being deserving of everything he demands. And it's having a determination that I want to please God. And then after all of that's been said, there is attached to that a dread in not doing so. You know, there's some folks that just, listen, there are preachers that have claimed, well, this fearing God business is nonsense because all that really means is that you're just to have reverence for the Lord and it doesn't mean you ought to be scared of God. You better be scared of my God. Whenever, listen, whenever we flaunt our rebellion in the face of God and we just insist on not obeying him, our God's a consuming fire. Some sense of dread in not doing so. If you ask me why I've pastored all of these years, I, you know, I could probably say a lot of things about it, but the main thing is, is because it's what God called me to do and I, I'm afraid not to. If, uh, if a person really understood what the fear of God does, and believe me, I could preach two hours straight, if I was physically able, about the fear of God, not only the requirement for it, but the things that is required in it and the rewards from it. The fear of God precedes knowledge. It provides wisdom. It promotes life. It purifies our life. It perfects our faith, provides blessings, produces hope. And get this, Ecclesiastes tells us that it prolongeth our days. If you came this morning and you're wondering, well, what, do, what does God want from me? Listen to this, Ecclesiastes Chapter 12, verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. In other words, he's summing up everything in our relationship to God. This is where he starts, he says. Fear God. This is the whole thing. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Let me tell you, kids. Part of your duty, your responsibility is to honor your parents. Husbands, your responsibility is to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Ladies, your responsibility is to be a virtuous woman. A God-fearing woman. We need women today that will pray like Hannah. We need women today that will face their fears like Ruth did. We need women that will be patient in a time of disappointment like Rachel was. We need some women like, like Deborah that's not afraid to fight for what's right. We need women like Esther who risk her life 
Why? For others. We need women like Jochebed who surrendered her most precious possession, her child. We need some women, a lot of women like Mary of Bethany, who cherished Christ above all other things. We need mothers like Mary, the mother of Jesus, who surrendered everything, her body and her all. Said to God, be it unto me according to your word, Lord, whatever you want. I, I don't care. It's all right. It may hurt, but it's all right, Lord. Others may misunderstand, but it's all right, Lord. Amen. And that's the kind of men and women we need. People without any reservation wholeheartedly surrender themselves to the Lord. Mom, listen. You can, you can never be the mother that your children need until you know and fear God. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, preacher, look, I'm not a Christian. I don't claim to be, but I love my kids as much as anybody. Well, I don't know about that. You don't love them as much as you should. I'll tell you that. Not if you don't know Christ. If you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, there's no way in this world you can possibly be the mother that you ought to be. And your great need today is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It might be that you're already saved, but you're just discouraged. I mean, you, 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 you've thrown in the towel. You've given up. No need to even go on anymore. Nobody appreciates what I do. Oh, hang in there. Listen. It's not over till it's over, and there is a payday someday. And mark it down. God's going to reward you and bless you. And without being a God-fearing man, woman, boy, or girl, you will never, ever find the satisfaction that your heart longs for. When we fear God, we receive praise from God. And boy, if you have a God-fearing mother, you ought to be so very thankful. We read of cases all of the time, and I've known of instances, in fact, where mothers absolutely abused their children. They were cruel. They were mean. And those kids had to suffer for that. But not you. You've had a good family. Met yesterday with several of our young men in the church. I pointed out the fact that I was here before, before some of them was even born and uh, watched them grow up all of these years. I remember when their daddies, we'd have a work day on Saturday, and Glenn and Bubba back there, they, did, they, they didn't just come by themselves, they brought their youngins. Those boys got out there and worked just like the men did. Didn't much like it. But when you watch these kids growing up, and I often wondered, are, are they ever going to be serious about serving God? Are they ever going to amount to anything? Let me tell you, don't ever, don't ever write them off as hopeless because a lot of times whenever it looks like they don't care anything about the Lord and his business, and yet, and yet, due to the influence of their mother and their daddy, 
They're here today and they're serving God the best that they can and people like that. That's the future of this church. And thank God, and I reminded those young men when we met yesterday that you need to thank God for all of these older people in the church that have been so faithful year after year after year after year because whatever this church is, they help make it what it is. I don't know what you feel about it, but I think it's the best church anywhere in the area. I'm so proud of this church. I'm so proud, not on my part, but proud of the dedication of you people that have made it what it is. And now we've got a younger generation coming up that is so fired up, I can't keep up with them. I mean, they're, they're, they're going. And thank God for that. Mom, I just want you to know whenever you get tired and weary and it just seems like that there's no use, the kids won't listen, the husband doesn't appreciate you or anything else, stick in there. There'll be a day of praise for you in eternity. And you can bank on that. And I hope you'll leave here today encouraged by that. And that not just encouraged, but determined in your heart. I want God to use me to make my family the very best it can be. When I'm dead and gone, I want my, I want my sons and daughters to look back on my life and say, boy, I tell you, I couldn't have asked for a better mama than that. Strive to be that kind of a mother. And they will praise you. They will praise you. I don't know what God might be speaking to your heart about today. Might be somebody, somebody here today that's been disrespectful to their mother or neglectful of their mother or whatever. And I, I was serious a while ago I said, when I said, don't run to them right now. I, I, whether you pray there or come down here on your face before God and ask God to forgive you. But please later tell them. You might say, I don't want to wait until later. I'll, I'll ask forgiveness on the way over to them. Because I want to make it right. I want my mother to know that she loves me and appreciates me. And she always has. And I want her to know I love her. And appreciate her for all she's ever done. Whatever it is that God's speaking to your heart, it might be that you've never had a mother like that. You've never had a mother that really treated you right. Don't get bitter and angry about it and take it out on everybody else. Ask God to help you to help somebody else that's in that situation. Because there are folks like that all around you, believe it or not. And determine that you will be a blessing to someone else. Let's stand together as Tim and the musicians come. Father, as we come to this time of invitation...